We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Driving the Corolla around L.A., we're uh, actually traveling, and so yes. it does sound a little bit different, Definitely. but we're on uh, some business meetings this week, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I decided we would grab the Toyota Corolla XSE six-speed yes. manual transmission and drive that around L.A., so we're bombing around. Mm-hmm. We are doing a fast blast in we this did, car. Yes. We, we actually did. You'll did see that it very today. soon, yeah. Yeah, and uh, having <laughs> a lot of snarky commentary. Mm-hmm. So welcome, guys. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the podcast. So much going on. Yeah, a lot of business meetings, a lot of uh, business stuff on our end at this point in the midst of getting set up for shooting for season five, which is pretty cool. And season four, I I mean, from my perspective, is really very close to done. By the the time you hear this, it'll be about 24, 48 hours from fully delivered and done, which is good considering we're close to the last of the episodes playing. Thank you to those of you that responded to episode five, which was the uh, the Jag and the 914. Some very special cars. We had, honestly, the privilege of driving that Absolutely. was a unique opportunity. That's it's thanks to the whole Grios family. Totally. And it's not the kind of thing we normally do, obviously, so it was fun to kind of do an exception to the rule there as well. We're going to have Nick Griot on the podcast at some point here in the near future, and we're going to talk about some of the behind-the-scenes other madness <laughs> that we haven't even <laughs> yeah. heard there. So right. thank you to those of you that responded. And again, a reminder, if you want to see these episodes and you do not have Motor Trend, and again, you can get it through Hulu, you can get it on PlayStation View and other places. If you don't have the ability to get the Motor Trend channel, formerly Velocity, we are not on the Motor Trend app. There's much confusion, but we are <laughs> not know, on the Motor yeah. Trend app. We will be, uh, all of those episodes will be on Amazon Prime here all of season four, right around the end of March. We're working on it right now. We'll have official dates as soon as that goes live, but that is in process as well. It'll be on Amazon Prime and also Vimeo. Yes, and massive thanks to our sponsors. Covercraft is covering the title sponsor. They're the yes, headline sponsor. Yes. And so also with Griot's Garage, and you saw the Griot's Motors episode. Yeah. Thanks to both of those companies, they are making it happen for us. And you can use the code every day for 10% off from both companies. Any products that you guys want to order, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. use the code every day and 10% off. So thanks to those guys. We're excited to get season four onto Amazon, which yes. means season three will go to Prime. Uh, it'll be after a little point. while. It'll time, it'll time out between the seasons. It'll be between four and five. Yeah. But after four is up, and anyway, it'll happen. It'll happen. Months. I can't specify a time yet, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. And what's cool is we're getting all kinds of commentary on K cars and the what I consider to be exotics. I mean, these cars are very expensive. These special custom yeah. builds from Griot's. Yeah, big time, big time. They're, they are a little bit out of our wheelhouse, but they're stretching us in terms of mm-hmm. you know stretching the kind of content we can deliver and stretching our own driving style, ability, and, and <laughs> Ability to cram myself into a K-car and then go, never doing that again. Anyway, yeah. Check that box. And uh, So thank you for responding. That's what Todd and I have always wanted is, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. things that will evoke visceral reactions from, wow, you drove that, that was really cool, or guys, why did you drive that? What was what was the thinking behind this episode? And hopefully that comes across in the episode. Yeah, we sure. hope you can for see sure, the yeah. entire episode so you see our reactions mm-hmm. at the very end so you come up with our conclusions or you get to see that. Yeah. But it's just, it's stretching us and uh, yeah, we still do core content, of course, you know, wanting to see what cars are like to drive and new cars coming out with... Yeah, we've got a cool SUV episode coming up this week. Uh, that's uh, I know cool and SUV aren't necessarily always in the same sentence, but the Volvo XC40 and the Jaguar E-Pace. And that yeah. was a surprising episode to, to drive those cars back-to-back and see what they were like. That was interesting. So that's going on. Uh, of course, we have uh, episode 7 is a crazy episode about a lemons race. I, I'm very excited to share it because <laughs> it is. it was an unexpected oh, piece man. at yeah. every step. So, so it, I, I'm excited to just make that public so you guys can kind of be with us in that madness. And again, season five uh, shooting's already happening. I like these new fast blasts we're doing. Yeah, it's kind of a fun, fun way to approach these. So that's going to give us more YouTube content. And again, this Corolla piece will be out very shortly. And uh, we've got some long-term reviews coming as well. So lots of coming in there. We have nothing going on, in case you're, <laughs> you're curious. Uh, in the yeah. process, we have a topic Tuesday uh, this evening talking about uh, are the best stats the best car, which I really like this question. Yeah. You and I have debated it off the I air a lot of times. I want to unpack this a little bit more. Christopher, thanks for writing this. This is fantastic. And we've also got a car debate coming up after the break for Daniel writing to us from the San Francisco Bay Area. That's cool. And uh, the, questions, the questions became madness 
today <laughs> because you guys started yeah. responding to each other there. If you're if you're ever curious cool. to hear you guys, the audience, rant on the merits of a dual clutch transmission, you can read today's Instagram questions because there are questions, comments, new questions, new comments. Thank you guys for engaging with each other. There is a there's a behind the scenes discussion. I don't want to go too far here, but there's a behind the scenes discussion going on right now where we may end up with a uh, an actual everyday driver kind of dedicated forms the wrong word, but an interaction place. Think of it almost more like a Reddit. It, it's in process, it's being discussed. If that happens, we'll let you know so that you guys actually have a place where you can interact kind of all the time like this. Even though we welcome it on these social media questions, it's really, really great. Hey, before we jump into the topic Tuesday, I do want to mention merchandise and the vinyls that we have uh, made available to all of you. Yes, yes, you yes. guys are responding, and uh, I'm seeing pictures of them on your car. So thank you for sending those in. That's doesn't matter where you send it, email, Twitter, whatever. Yeah, that's just cool. It's that's pretty cool to really see cool. them on yeah. cars and just Completely. kind of spread the word, and I love it when... We're equipping you guys to talk about the show and what it means to you. That's cool. And uh, that that's, is, that's that amazing, is honestly. That's really amazing, honestly, an unexpected thing. And like I say, as weird as it sounds, I saw that, uh, that guy in uh, Cadbury is his, uh, is his name on social. I saw that guy in the Mazda Speed Miata there in Salt Lake, and I got excited. I was like, that's my logo. That's the logo for the show. There it is right there. Oh, you cool. get it. It's so cool. So <laughs> I'm so glad to see that logo. Everyday driver, else. you get it. Yes, that could <laughs> almost the, be the tagline. Yeah, we should include that tag. with it. It's ridiculous. Anyway, but thank you guys for that. All right, jumping into the topic Tuesday. This question came from Christopher M. And this is something that you and I have discussed before. But Christopher, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, kind of encapsulated everything yeah. into a single yeah. question. So here it is. How can you make a person explain that just because a car has all the best stats doesn't mean it's the best to drive. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, aside from getting them into something fun, these you know friends, people, getting them into, into something fun and pushing it. He's talking Aventador, GTR, Veyron, Chiron, yeah. or similar yeah, yeah, cars. Yeah. The high-end exotics big, that big all stuff. of us read about in the magazines mm-hmm. and go, wow, what must those be like to drive? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm sure they are, but what about those cars versus an 86, an Elise, a Cayman, a 911, a Corvette, mm-hmm. a Mustang, mm-hmm. the, the greatest hits or the usual suspects that we talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The WRXs, the STIs, the Evos. Totally, totally. All of the great cars that we've experienced that we've discovered, A, you know, don't drive the badge. And I point the finger at me as much yeah, as I do yeah, at anybody yeah. else. Yeah, I'm yeah. speaking to me. And then, you know, find truly a great car that stirs your soul. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to jump in here and unpack this and liken it to tools for the job and start mm, there. Okay. All right. All right. How about cameras? Okay. Every manufacturer of cameras advertised most megapixels. This has 18 million zillion megapixels. Sure, sure, sure. And you put that up against a bigger sensor size with fewer megapixels, and the bigger sensor size wins all day because it's taking more of the... It's getting a better field view. Sure, sure, sure. a tiny little sensor with a jillion megapixels packed into it. I hesitate to use the kitchen knife example because good chefs can theoretically use the the seven-inch chef knife for everything they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are tools for the job. Mm-hmm. So coming to the top of the food chain, let's start there. Okay. We're talking, remember, best car to drive, okay? So best stats making the best car mm-hmm. to drive. Mm-hmm. At the top of the food chain, the cars with their particular function at the top are Le Mans cars, Formula One cars, World Rally Championship, WRC and World Endurance okay. Championship okay, cars. Okay. Yeah. These cars have the best stats. Okay. They do. They're yeah. the quickest, fastest, best at what they do for that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. They have the best performance. So are they the best to drive? Well, mm-hmm. I don't want to take an F1 car to Starbucks. I don't want to take a Vermont yeah, yeah. car to do errands or go across the country or mm-hmm. go to work in. So how about the rest of us? How about something where usability comes into play? And is there some degree of comfort required? So here's where I'm going, and, and that is, we read about the cars, they're super quick, they handle brilliantly, but they could be very uncomfortable, no storage space, have fussy center lock wheels, they reek of gasoline, be extremely loud, and they use expensive tires, yeah. and they're difficult yeah. to get in and out of. Is that the best car to drive? Maybe. Fair, fair, that, fair. Yeah. You know, for that yeah. job that it's designed, you know. But I come back to best to drive, and that is the balance between affordability 
And the clientele, car companies are not charity organizations. True, they true, true. They are yeah. identifying their buyers and they must be good and appeal to the loyalists of that brand. Mm. And that's what marketing yeah. is doing. And yeah, it yeah. does tie into questions about car shows and why car manufacturers are not showing up at car shows mm. anymore, even though I do think car shows the best way to get the product into people's hands and touchy-feely and get yeah, on, yeah, you know, yeah. learning yeah, yeah. about the cars. But here are car manufacturers at the high end, admittedly, starting to have private events to get their loyalists together mm-hmm. and get their product into the hands of, of the people who are going to buy them and say, you know, hear feedback and you will buy this car and okay, we're, you know, for the next future, whatever that is, because we want it to be the best drive for you who loves our ethos, our brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. You know, they're establishing how many should we sell. Ferrari figures out 400 buyers can afford this. We'll build 399. Yeah. <laughs> Versus BMW, who goes, five people will make it. We'll make, we'll make 10 of them. But we'll just do that. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, how about talking about top performance and great comfort? Is the Veyron or the Chiron at the top of that? Okay, it's probably yeah, pretty up yeah. there. But the best to drive, I will put this out there is the one you have access to, and that usually means you own it. Yeah, yeah. The, the best car to drive is the one that connects you to a pleasurable driving experience. Yeah. I mean, not all of us can afford the high-end. Of course Do we want to drive yeah. them? Do of we want to find, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. want to go discover that? They're just massively unobtainable for most people. True. You can't afford it. I can't afford it. They cost more than some people will ever make in their entire lives. In some cases, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's astounding. It is. It is shocking, isn't it? Yeah. At the top. So here's my thought, Christopher, and that is the best to drive is a balance of affordability, usability, relatability, comfortability, and accessibility to you. Because we can stand here, we can have a bar fight, we can have a, Mm -hmm. you know, make a list and we'll... My car's 2.8, 0 to 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, now let's introduce electric cars into the mm-hmm. stand. They're going to beat y'all. They're going to take totally. everybody yep. off the yeah, line, yeah. and I can put the power down, and an electric car will, oh, yeah, range. Oh, that, that's probably not the best. Hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah, they're, you know, the interiors are kind of simple, and it's just got one big giant screen, and oh, the seats aren't that great, and but oh, it's better, you know, 0 to 60. Yeah, I mean, this there's, there's a top trunks element here, and... And that's the big thing I think about. it. It's the bar fight. It's the top trumps. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're talking about that thing, and I want to use an example from my son, and then I want to try to explain this and unpack this a little differently because I, I came at this a little differently, but I like where you are, Paul. The, the, the thing about it is at the core, what you're winding up in is you have car friends who I would submit to you that in, it, the people that get hung up on the stats are the people that are interested in cars as a concept and less interested in driving. This is my, this is mm-hmm. my theory. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I see where you're going. But I think the more you drive stuff, the less stats matter to you. I, I, I truly believe that. So and I say you, that because that's also in my life experience. Are you establishing the folks that stand on stats only might have less experience actually driving the cars? I think in a lot of cases that's, that is the situation. Whether it is the cars they're, because, they're, they're telling you about or just cars in general. Because that's also, that's, that's the ability that you can have. And I say this because this has been my life experience with cars. That was my understanding of how to quantify because I hadn't driven anything. I was 14 and I hadn't mm-hmm. driven anything. Mm-hmm. So I have to quantify the fact that this car gets a 2.8 and this car gets a 2.7. Oh, the 2.7's better. Well, newsflash, you can't feel a tenth of a second in 0 to 60. <laughs> Best of no. luck to you. You're not going to no. be able to tell the difference. You look that on a sheet of paper, but I, as a person not able to drive either one of those cars, if I've got to quantify, well, the one with the, with the less tenths 0 to 60, that one just wins. Does it? Because what is once it you start, win? well, but but it, but this is the top trend. The drag race. Let me let me go let me go to my son for a second. Okay. He loves the Lotus Elise. He loves it. He, he every time we drive it, we this get into so a conversation cute, the about this car. He yeah. starts asking me questions about this car, and what's really fascinating is he's obviously never driven anything but a cart. Okay, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. but what's fascinating is he and he learned really early on with me because he got in the Lotus and it's this. You know, this crazy-looking spaceship exotic car, <laughs> by the way, doesn't cost much. And by the way, isn't that fast? From a stats perspective, the Lotus yeah. loses a lot of discussions. So what he started doing was seeing other sports cars and going, is this faster than that? 
And he was surprised mm-hmm. many times and was like, no. And it kind of warped his little brain because from his perspective, this is the penultimate supercar experience. <laughs> but yet, if the from color a alone pers- gives it away. Yes, from the stats <laughs> perspective, it doesn't win a lot yeah. of things. We started having a conversation about, and I started explaining to him, buddy, what this car is good at is the visceral feel of letting you know what the car is doing and its ability to corner. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of cars out, out there that they could go much faster than this but they can't corner as well. Or if they can corner as well, they don't feel as balanced or they're not as interesting. So you have to start, I think, I think the stats is the easiest place to argue from because I don't have mm-hmm. any personal experience to draw on. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna relate it to two things that I think most people would understand in their life experience. Not completely, but I think you'll follow me anyway. And see if we can back time it to cars. One of them is airplanes. Okay. I realize that the vast majority of us have not flown a plane. I realize that's not common experience. But pretty much everybody listening has been in a plane. I know a lot of pilot jokes. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) But most everybody's been in a plane. They come in handy every so often. And you've been in the huge planes and the tiny planes. And some people hate the tiny planes and all that. But think about it from a pilot perspective. If you were a pilot, do you think you would rather fly an Airbus, a big Airbus, or a World War II fighter plane. If hmm. you were a pilot now, okay. you want to go out for fun to fly an airplane. Now, the Airbus, by every possible metric, is better than the World War II fighter plane. It flies faster. It flies higher. It carries more. It, it's just mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. But I don't think... You're talking like a 380, Airbus sure, 380. whatever. Any. I don't think any pilot, myself included, would pick the Airbus to go fly... For fun, <laughs> they would pick That's a, a great point. A, a, the, a great the, point. It smells bad and it's uncomfortable, and the, but it's a World War II fighter plane, and this engages me. It needs me. It right. it speaks right. to me. Cars have to speak to you, and absolutely, maybe it does because it has great stats. But I think once you start to drive lots of stuff, the stats kind of start to melt away, and you start to go, "What talks to me?" And this comes down to you and I, Paul. I love the Lotus. It's a fire hose all the time. Yeah. yeah. And you find that exhausting. I find it exhilarating. But you, re- but you recognize why that's great. Absolutely. I, I recognize Absolutely. every time I drive your Cayman, I recognize why it's amazing, but it isn't quite me. It doesn't have the fire hose. So, but, but here's the thing. Love but, 120 but, it does. But, you know. but spin it the other way. In sheer metrics, your Cayman's a better car than the Elise. There, there really isn't a metric I can go to <laughs> sure, where, sure. where the Elise beats the Cayman. But if you said to me, clearly, look where I put my money, which would you rather have? I bought the Elise. Hmm. I'll give you one other example. Roller coasters. Okay. Get on a modern roller coaster. Uh, bigger, faster, better, more technologically advanced. The turns are sharper. It has a magnetic launch. Oh, my gosh, have you ridden this thing yet? Your legs dangle. Whatever. Okay, okay. Go ride on an old rickety wooden roller coaster that's been around for a hundred years, <laughs> and tell me it's it. Now you got to pick a good one, but they're out there. One that tell works. Me it's and... not as exhilarating as the new ones, hmm. for its own reasons. Mm-hmm. Is it as fast? No. Does it do a fl- flip? Absolutely not. It's made out of wood. Okay, but but if but if you ride the it back car, if you ride the back car, you think you might die. You know, I mean, th- this is what I'm saying. So so. I, I really do think there's Funny. an experiential gap here, and it gets filled by, well, stats must mean better. But I think if you take it out of cars and you find things like I'm talking about, where bigger and better isn't, uh, bigger and faster, if you will, more technologically advanced, isn't always better. I'm with you. And by, by some logic, Christopher, you could argue that all automotive journalists would drive Chirons mm. because they've driven mm. it all. They've mm-hmm. seen it, driven mm-hmm. it. They've been to every track event. They've been sure. to every sure, sure, sure. press event. They've driven everything from the lowliest something yeah. all the way to the Chiron. Driven them all. This has the then, best stats. So yeah. you know, I'd be curious. You guys know what we drive. Yeah, budget is still factored in here. And that's why I keep coming back to that yeah, because. Yeah, yeah. All right, us automotive journalists worldwide, wouldn't mm-hmm. it be cool to have a list and know who owns what? Yeah. Who owns what? Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, income is very much comes into play. It's it's wildly different between everybody. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, why isn't does does every journalist own a one M BMW and yeah. the, the special GT3 RS 4.0 and the let, let's see the yeah. automotive journalist garages. Totally. That's why we lay bare our garages yeah. to show yeah, you yeah. what works for us and what we aspire to. And mm-hmm. how does that line up with the debates that we do for you guys, which is yeah, interesting. It's so much fun. You know, I'd like to hear from automotive journalists worldwide. Yeah. What would you pick? Is it, well, we've, we've all driven everything, so mm-hmm. the Chiron's mm-hmm. the best because of the best and the best reasons, and yeah. it has the best. No, yeah, that's I mean, not the case. What on earth then? What's yeah. going on? Well, and you've got to, I mean, we're talking about it right now. You've got to account for personal preference. You've got to account for design mm-hmm. preference. You've got to account for the <laughs> spectrum of sacrifices. <laughs> a great question about that coming Absolutely. up. I mean, where are you on all of those factors? And it, Because that's the other part of the equation. This is where cars are like people. Go into a room full of the opposite sex or a room full of whatever you're attracted to mm. with your buddy. Okay. And pick the most attractive person in the room. Because you're probably not going to agree. Absolutely. Take ten people into that room. Pick the most attractive person. I guarantee you you're not all going to agree. <laughs> but here's my question. Why can't you sit there and go, well, that's the best. That person is the most attractive. Right. Same's right. true of cars. Cars are more quantifiable because of consistency. Exactly, because cars are a manufactured item. They're a manufactured But, but they still have that visceral attraction, emotional element, which makes it a wild card of this isn't just about stats. Yeah, I mean, from, you know, people perspective, you know, pick the, you know, ladies picking the most handsome man or uh-huh. guys picking the most beautiful woman. Well, you don't know their personality. We see celebrities on TV and we think, oh, they're the best. You don't know them in real life. They can be real jerks. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's what's so disappointing when you find out that your favorite actor or actress and your favorite celebrity is kind of a jerk. Or you you hear of somebody else that you didn't really kind of like and then you hear out they're just, they're amazing and they treat everybody around them with such grace and respect and you go, oh my gosh, they're just awesome. And then you have that person that you know that goes, I still hate that person. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> and then you say, is, why? I have all yeah. these quantifiable reasons. Exactly, exactly how, how right. You, how, the, you, we have, how could we you possibly have to, hate that person? We have to account for <laughs> personal preference in here. And personal preference is fully available to trump stats. Yes, it absolutely is. And all these, th- all these things have to come into play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can't just look at cars. Well, it's a Lamborghini. It's got the best. Well, that's just difficult to live with. Why do all the rich people who have these cars let them sit in their garages and hop in their SUV for daily use? <laughs> Why are Cullinan's selling so well? Well, you know. Why are Cayennes ubiquitous in Park City? And yeah. Yeah. Jeeps everywhere and SUVs like crazy. And, yeah. Well, they're, the, they're just easy to live with. Yeah. So for that function on a daily basis, they're the best car until you, you know, have your Saturday drive or your track day or your we, canyon carving we day We commuted in the six-speed Corolla today through some stop-and-go traffic. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit that when I saw the Teslas roll by, and there were many, the X's, <laughs> the S's, the 3's, there I kept are many. thinking, you were commuting better than me. Hmm. It, sure. I kept thinking that. Sure. Because you've got autopilot on, and you're just going with the flow. And the You're fire in the fireplace on the screen? They might be. They're not burning any gas. They're just, mm-hmm. they're commuting better than me. Sure. But sure. Where is the line here? The line doesn't exist. That's why, Christopher, this is a perfect topic Tuesday because mm-hmm. we're, we're actually having a bar fight, a bar debate <laughs> about a bar debate topic, which is even better. I love this. That's really cool. Thank you for sending that yeah. in. I think that's fantastic. Clearly, it could go on, but, but this honestly speaks to us because we, and I won't get into it too far, but we actually have a friend. Paul's had a much longer history with him than I, but we both know him. We have a friend who stands by the belief, and that's why you keep bringing up the Chiron. Mm-hmm. The Veyron, mm-hmm. when it came out, and the Chiron after that, he just stands firm on the belief that there is no car greater. Yeah. He's never driven one. I don't even think he's ever seen one in person. He's maybe, never yeah, driven one. Maybe not. Maybe not. He hasn't driven most things, yeah. but because yeah. he is aware of the bigger, better stats of that car, he, he will probably go to his grave believing that the biggest stat car is the best car. And he, in the next breath, can calls himself a dedicated car guy. And we find that interesting <laughs> yeah. because he's... It's curious. He, it seems very limiting. But that's what makes this so so relevant, Christopher. It's fantastic. It's really good. I mean, when we talk to people, 
and tell them what we do and the debate that goes on, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it is freedom for people to hear you don't have to dislike a car to move on. Yeah. And that's our mission. That's our purpose. That ties into the, the debates and talking about, you know, you can give yourself permission to move on and go have other experiences. And that ties into what we choose. And totally. we want you, when you write into us, we want you to choose something different. You can always go back to that Audi. You're an Audi guy. You can go back to it. Sure. It's sure, totally sure. okay. You can give yourself, you've got, you're intrigued by Corvettes? Let me help add fuel to that <laughs> yeah. fire. Let's be your bad influence on Corvettes. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Go well, sample yeah. those for a while, totally. and, and totally. you know, you, you then you come away more educated. And I, I liken it to you know from employers telling me, "Go get good, mm, go mm. travel, go get experience," and that will inform mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. design. So you're not designing for yourself, and you're not the customer, but you've been to name foreign country. Sure, sure, You've sure. seen yeah. name a different culture. You've experienced new foods and new things and new sites and then you you, you can, can draw start it. to distill yeah. that into, huh, that's a different way of thinking. Mm. And let me now apply that different thinking to my clients for designing a thing. Mm, okay. Same kind of thing. So that we encourage increased uh, sampling, increased experiences. Totally. And the other thing that, that happens to us now and then that makes both of us laugh is when we, and this comes back to we as humans wanting to quantify and classify everything. We are designed at our <laughs> yeah. core. You meet something, yeah. someone, you, you bump into something for the first time, you want to classify it and go, oh, this goes in this category here. You instantly want to do We all do that. It's just how our brain works. Okay. But, but it's funny because whenever I talk to people that aren't really car people and I explain the show and I have my mm -hmm. little kind of elevator, I can do it in four sentences kind of thing sure. you know, and I explain that, sure. the people that aren't really car people always have the same follow-up question. Well, what's your favorite car? <laughs> or actually, if they get more obtuse about it, because this is the more common one, so what is the best car? Ooh. And I'm always like, okay, no. No, no, we can't do that. You've got, we have to put some parameters on it. And their personal parameters and budget parameters mm -hmm. and, and need parameters, which is exactly what we do here on the car debate, because there is no kind of here is the one, you know. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I'm sorry, but no. And then you know, of course, if it, it depends if we're feeling snarky that day, and then yes. I might just you know have fun with it and just say GT3. Mm -hmm. I want a GT3. GT3. <laughs> what? What's that? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Well, it's a, so ridiculous. Well, what's car is the best? It's the Bugatti Chiron. It's the Chiron. Yeah, exactly. You don't know about this car? You, yeah. What? That's all ever huh. done. Anyway, we've talked that in a full circle, Christopher. Exactly. Thank you for that uh, fantastic topic Tuesday. We'll be back right after this with a cool car debate. We have to bring back the voice. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, Wherever, they're the go-to and you can't underestimate their importance. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability, Wrangler jeans are made for the adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. You could be a person that just wanders the earth looking for we're not sure what. These are still the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, even vintage re-releases, with a price that works for you. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and for women. New styles, great fits. Wrangler. Real, comfortable jeans. That was proper. Yeah. We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. Daniel in the San Francisco Bay Area is writing to us with a car debate of two yeah. extremes. Yeah, it's big time. <laughs> that is, you, you put that title on and I waited for you to land the plane, Daniel, and I read it and went, well done, sir. That's, that's a good description, yes. Presenting this for your consideration, he feels this is an unusual one. He says, I'm 26, he lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, grew up working on cars his entire life, which yeah. influenced him to become a mechanical engineer. Cool. 
And so he moved to the Bay Area once he graduated, began his career. Wasn't long after that, he bought a house. Congratulations. With a two-car garage as a strict requirement. Love it. Insert joke about, you know, the man, you know, architecture, how the, we'd have a hot plate, you know, a corner, a bathroom. Totally. Here's where we sleep and a 16-car garage. Exactly. It's a warehouse for, with a glossy, <laughs> glossy floor and a bunch of cars Workshop, and a lift in the corner. Lifts, yeah. good lighting, great tools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ever since, he's been wrenching on his project car. He is now up to three cars. Yep. <laughs> This is great. Okay, so in order to afford said garage, he lives 30 miles away from his job because it's the Bay Area, so this means two to four hours of driving each day. That is a lot of commuting. A lot of commuting, and so he bought a long-range Tesla Model 3, long-range battery. I can see it. I can see it. About a year ago. Mm -hmm. He's got the car. He says, while they're not for everyone, it fits so well into his life because of the length of his commute. Yes, for sure. And the fact that he has solar... At his house. I, I get it. I totally see it. I do. All right. Switched from his old SUV. He said, I'm, I'm saving about 500 bucks a month. So this is the extreme of his garage. Mm-hmm. Perfect commuter car and fills the need perfectly. Moving on to the fun and track cars. The other extreme, yes. All right. So this project car that he's got is an Exomotive Exocet Sport. Think mm-hmm. the aerial atom that is a front engine car. It mm-hmm. has the same look of the tube frame chassis. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't have that rear-engined it's, architecture. It's a Miata donor car turned into yes. a, a cage car, essentially. A, a car, if you think of it like the way you build those atoms and they have that infrastructure cage, it's that idea, but done with a Miata donor car, which is a fascinating reality. <laughs> he says, sacrifices. How often you reference this car and how you describe this car, it is, yeah, just nothing there. It's, mm-hmm. it's an engine wearing the car. It's a garage-built full track car. Wonderful. Yes. And since that wasn't extreme enough, what he decided to do is swap in a 3.6-liter V6 from a 2015 Camaro, and now he has a car with 275 horsepower at the wheels, and it only weighs 1,700 pounds. That sounds like a riot. <laughs> I just That sounds fantastic. Wow. I love it. Okay, last piece of the puzzle is a 99 911 Carrera, which mm-hmm. just entered his life. It has a brand-new engine, and he bought it for $5,800. So what that means is somebody had that yeah. car, which is two generations back. That is the yeah. unloved uh, fried egg headlight 911. They had it. They had an IMS bearing problem. Yeah, the engine took exactly a dive, it. and they put an engine in afterward, and now it's worth nothing. He got it for <laughs> six grand. To put it in perspective, Chance, who shoots for us, bought what we thought was one of the cheapest 911s in the country, same era car, for 14, 15 grand? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. This was six grand. <laughs> Somebody was unloading this. He said it needs some cosmetic work, but of course he's not ashamed to work on cars, so he knows he can bring it back to better health. So that means he has the Model 3, mm-hmm. the Exocet mm-hmm. Cage Miata, and this 911. And so this is where the debate becomes because he's realizing that the Exocet obviously is performance above all. The performance at the limit of everything else. Honestly, mm-hmm. nothing else exists mm-hmm. but performance. Right, right. There's no AC, there's no heater, there's no top, there's no, I mean, you know, I don't even know, depending on how you build them, I don't even know if this has got a windshield. Here's your helmet. Seriously, seriously, you're driving down the street in a helmet. Yeah. So that's about as extreme as it gets. He tracks it a few times a year, but he's not like he's at the track every weekend. It's, it's like the occasional track car. So the 911 exists theoretically to be more of a, let's go do canyons. Yeah, and it's rough, as you said. He's got to clean it up. Yeah. All right, so he gives us some scenarios. He's saying, first of all, keep everything. Keep the mm-hmm. stable. Sure. Start restoring the 911. Could, yeah. And then use it as his canyon driver. Mm-hmm. The Exocet is the track car, obviously, and then he commutes in the Tesla. Yeah, that works. But I don't think it does because he wrote to us. No, I'm saying I see how we can go there. Oh, that sure. That could be an option. Sure. I would agree option. with it. I think we need to move on to yes. something else. Yes. Just by virtue of you writing to us means your brain is churning. You're yes. ready for something Agreed. else. Agreed. Agreed. You're ready for a change, for That's sure. That's what the email you're right. means. You're right. So option number two is sell the Exocet and the 911, pool the funds into a single car that mm-hmm. will be both track and Canyon toy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And he says the Exocet, if sold, would be worth about 30K, 911, probably 12K if he can clean it up, maybe double your money. That'd be impressive if you can do that. Quite possibly. And then adding funds. This is everyday driver math. So yeah. 30,000 <laughs> plus 12,000 equals a total budget of 50,000. Yeah, I noticed that. That's a very cool sentence. That's very much how you and I think about car money. This, yeah, this for is, sure. This is plus it car also math. it also really assumes, Daniel, that you're going to be able to make that 911 worth twice as much as you bought it for. Which 
puzzling. If, yeah. if you're able to do that, I may need to send you a car uh, just to work on because I'd like to see that done. That'd be you fantastic. have a new business on your hands. Yeah, exactly. Daniel. So anyway, but 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 let, you know what? Let's be conservative about this. Let's okay. assume that his exoset really can get thirty grand, and let's assume that nine eleven can't break ten. We've still got forty grand to work with. Which is still healthy. Yeah. But let's, I mean, he's saying 50, so 50 it is. Okay. All right. Option number three is sell both, mm-hmm. replace them with a cheaper track focus car, different Canyon car. So wind up with two cars still, but two different cars. Two different. While keeping the Model 3. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And then he says, if we're, you know, thinking of something really compelling, the wild card would be selling everything, all three, mm-hmm. and getting one car with a max total budget, new math. Welcome to new math. 100K. <laughs> Everything's better with the new math, right? <laughs> Interesting. Daniel, I like this. This is really cool. There and should be math class and car math class. Yeah. They are different classes. They are different classes. One of them can help you with your budget. One will not. <laughs> exactly. But it's much more fun. Uh, Daniel, I really like this. And I, I have to say right up front that my preference for you is to sell the two fun cars. Mm. I'm going to merge you into one car. I'm going to sniper shot it, in fact. Are you really? But I'm going to have you keep that Model 3. Okay. I think you are in a perfect position. And I don't think it's necessarily the Model 3, but the electric car is for you. And the fact that you have a Model yeah. 3 yeah. with a long-range battery, you can charge it at home. I'm sure, as I was just talking about earlier, you've got that autopilot, which is helping you. That is that is your commute place. I think that is a fantastic choice. I don't see a single reason to change that car. Mm, I yeah. think it's integrated into your life to do it. You were talking about the right tool for the job earlier, Paul. Right, this is a right. fantastic, perfectly focused tool for the job you need it to do. And it's it'd be difficult to find something to do it better. Mm-hmm. Sure. So sure. I think that just stays. But I'm selling the 911 and I'm selling the Exocet. <laughs> All right? Okay. And I'm sniper shotting this. Are we, what budget are we working with? 50? Are we going I'm, to 50? I, I'm, he's saying 50, so I'm using 50. Okay. okay? New math think, it is. I think you can get it for a little less than 50. I don't know that you're going to need your whole budget, what I'm thinking of, but, but you're in the right range for this car. Okay. You say you track, but not a ton. You like to do canyons. I noticed that. He says a few times a year yeah. for fun. It's not like he's going every weekend. And you want a car that if the weather is not, well, I have no windshield and no top weather... You're still okay. You you want you want it could rain on this car and it's okay. It could be hot. You could turn on an air conditioner. You want those abilities most of the time. That's what the 911 is supposed to do. But let's be honest, the 911 is a 99. Mm-hmm. It's a 20 year old mm-hmm. car and it's not in good shape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you kind of have two project cars. True. The Exocet is a car that has to be used on the perfect day or the track day, yeah. and can't be used in weather. Okay. And you have the 911, which could be used in weather, but it needs it needs some love. Yeah. So let's get you one car that if if your day if this is Saturday the track day, you're perfectly happy. If it's Saturday the I want to run a canyon for a bit, you're perfectly happy. You can turn on the air conditioning and oh look, it's starting to rain and I'm not going to die or I'm not going to hate that I'm in this car. <laughs> but it's still got to be raw and hardcore and track worthy. And so I am saying to you. Get the newest, most powerful version you can find. Buy yourself a Lotus Exige and be happy. That's brilliant. It's, <laughs> it's a brilliant car. If, if you buy that car and it was just your track car, that's all it was, mm. was for, you'd be thrilled. If you bought that car, granted, I bought the Elise because I like more visibility in my daily, but if you bought it for your daily, because mm. it's not going to be your daily, but you bought mm-hmm. it for your occasional just fun car, yeah. you still find it crazy fun. It's... I would say it's most of the madness of the Exocet, but it adds back some of the usability of the 911. But there is not a single reason to apologize for going and taking that to the track and running it until you need new tires, which, by the way, in, in Exige is going to take a while. Interesting. I'm calling it right that's, there. I haven't sniper shot it in a while. I'm going Exige for you, Daniel, and I'm done. You know what's great about that, Daniel, is that makes me think of a Lotus 211 or a 311. Yes. But those are not as good because they are track only. Yeah, they are track Whereas only the and they have... You can go bombing around your canyons. Yes, and the, and the 211, 311, they don't have a top, which is right. the Exocet problem, exactly. too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So even a more focused car, let's back off from that, even though it's still very focused. Yeah. And it does both. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant I, I'm choice. staying right there. That... Plus, I love the idea. You've got a two-car garage, Daniel. You've got both slots filled. Your garage doors come up. It's a Model 3 and an Exceed. You have tools for the job, my friend. (laughs) You have done it. That's great. And I'm seeing orange. I'm seeing that Lotus orange. I'm just putting that out there for you, too. Just an Exceed and that great Lotus orange. Be happy. (laughs) 
Our, wow, that's a throwdown, Daniel. That is that is hard to compete with, right there. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna try. Okay, please. Love I'm it. gonna try. And it's uh, the wild card for you is something I've never suggested to anybody. Ooh, okay. I love ever. this. I love this. And it's it's a wild wild card. Okay, good, good, good. I'm going to start with my comments on your situation, and that is, I almost sense the chase is more fun than the result for you. Interesting. You're okay. a mechanical engineer, yeah, track time yeah, yeah. a few times a year, you've built this monster, amazing Exocet. Mm-hmm. First of all, discerning choice. Most people haven't even heard of this car, a lot of people have, let alone yeah. Yeah, built yeah, yeah. your own version. You've taken sure, sure, what sure. Exocet Automotive, Exomotive has done, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. and then modified that. Mm-hmm. So this got me thinking, could you start chasing a new feeling, chasing a new function? Are mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you know, there, there isn't one car that will do everything you listed, but that X-Siege, I think, kind of does. <laughs> That's why it's a sniper shot. I'm on a hill with a scope, man. I'm getting it done. <laughs> wow. Okay, here I go. I'm going to try. Go for it. What if you discovered kit cars and modified them for a new purpose? And I'm going towards Factory 5818s. Those are very cool. You don't need 40 or 50 grand to dive into this. Not at all. But their purpose is on kit cars in general. The world Mm -hmm. of kit cars is huge. And I think they're gaining more respect because of people like you. Mm, Interesting. Because you're making them better. You're improving on them. That's the Mm -hmm. beauty of kit cars. And the 818s build it up how you want so you can chase a new function. You're, You're not just... Crazy. Well, you've got the lightweight thing figured out, but you, you're chasing yeah. an engine yeah, yeah. in a new spot, and you're chasing a new feeling, okay. and that result okay. will provide a new feeling. So you need some refreshing of the, the thing you're chasing. Got it. What if you built a drift car? What if suddenly you were into drifting? Mm, you changed okay. tax entirely, sure, sure, sure. and you're now building a car for a different purpose, because I also think that will tap in to what you love to do. Mm. But here's my ultimate challenge for you. Okay. I've never recommended this to anybody. I'm excited. What is I don't it? know if I ever will again. Okay, good. Awesome. I like it. Design and build your own car. Ooh. Dang. You are perfectly equipped for the job. If you're modifying an Exocet and you're a mechanical engineer, Yikes. Yeah. you have the proclivity, the tools, the ability, the time, you're young, yeah. why don't you? This has been the Red hot fire of people like John DeLorean and Malcolm mm-hmm. Bricklin and every every car yeah. company almost almost every car company has the instigator the man's name or man yeah. or woman yeah, yeah, yeah. their their surname attached to the car. Interesting. Okay. Well, but I'll give you even one that's less less involved than that that we know from our personal experience. I, well, I can't remember the guy's name right now. You'll know his name. The guy that owns the uh, the C4 Corvette we used for. Oh, uh, Tom. Thomas. Tom. Okay. Thomas K. Tom is a mechanic for a living. Yes. Okay. He keeps big snow machines running for one of the ski resorts up where where we live. Okay. Yeah. He has that C4 Corvette, which we drove for (laughs) our uh, um, Cheap Sports Cars episode of this season, but we also it was also featured in American Original, our Corvette film. Correct. Yes. What's interesting about Tom is, for fun, he has his. It's also a C4, I think. It's also a C4. Yeah. He has a C4 that he went. Hmm. And he stripped it down to the bare bones, and he built it into a cage body. Like, think of your Exocet. Think of your Ariel Atom. He built yeah. a cage body on the bones of a C4, and it weighs like 2,000 pounds. Yeah, it's it's, And insane. it has that big 400-horsepower engine in it, <laughs> and it's essentially straight-piped and has a custom-built wing on it. He pulls that out of the garage, and I think people, I think neighbors run. Because yeah, and he yeah. has he has flat out admitted that it's scary, but but he it is, feeds something in it. But him. he is perfectly equipped, and his garage is perfectly equipped. He just bought a donor car and has built this thing that I've never seen or heard of, and I've mm-hmm. seen him drive it too. Yeah, and it is nuts. So I mean, that's interesting that you bring up built design and build your own car. He didn't go, you know, like. Blank sheet of paper, but he no, started with a donor and he went with nuts something. from there Which to something do. that doesn't exist. There's a project that uh, somebody also emailed me about. Uh, it's called Hackrod. Hackrod.com yeah, was yeah, yeah. started by um, mm-hmm. Felix and Mouse. Mouse McCoy is actually a Baja 1000 winner on the bike. There was actually Dust to Glory, is the movie made about Mouse's okay. life and his, his adventure. They started out imagining what if three high school kids could build a car that suited them, build mm, it in the garage, mm. and it was all additive manufacturing. You would 3D print the frame, 
source really a four-cylinder, drop in a Ford motor, and you suddenly have this customized car, you know, with the skin over it, it's a carbon sure, cover, whatever, sure, sure. that they would then spawn a race series out of that that would mm-hmm. get, you know, young people into racing and building and designing and manufacturing headspace with a particular end goal immediately, you know, early in life, mm-hmm. which I thought was crazy. They, they are doing this. Hackrod.com. Mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of working with them while I was in tech and, you know, starting off and, and actually put both those guys in VR so they could experience their un, cool. unrealized car early in life. And that is cool. They were like kids in a candy store. And so, Daniel, I come back to your situation. I think the, the Xe is pretty dang cool. But I'm wondering, is it going to feed you? And that's why I come... Now, the wild card idea is so wild that it's you, you have to divorce yourself from gaining any profit because who's going to buy this thing? Nobody. If it's yeah. super well executed and one off and it's beautiful sculptural art, oh, okay, you could sell maybe, that. Maybe. Somebody will yeah. buy that. Yeah, yeah. Those are very expensive builds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's perfectly puddled TIG welds. and You'd never you know, get your time uh, and money back out. You of wouldn't. It. Yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. wondering would it feed you? It's a good question. I'm, I'm wondering. Yeah, it's, it may not. It's Maybe un- something built might be better. It's unclear if Daniel just needs something to wrench on. I'm and he wondering. might. He might. That's a good point. That's a good I'm point. wondering. That's why I, I don't know if okay. I'll ever suggest this again. Okay. But I think you're equipped. I like it. I and like you'll, it. you'll never get your money back out of it, but no. you'll get so much more than that in terms of your own visceral. I set it up for me to go do blank track yeah, or yeah, blank yeah. event. That's for me. It fits me. Mm-hmm. I mean... Ferrari molds the seat to their LaFerrari customers. I molded my car to me. (laughs) This car fits me. I'm sorry. You're shorter than me. You can't drive this car. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Car for sale. (laughs) People at Daniel, however tall you are. Yeah, that's funny. This height and under. Exactly. That's very funny. I love it. Yeah, it's it's just something that's on my mind, but just generally. Factory fives. Let's start at a low, inexpensive level. Build it up to something you want. You could sell that. Yeah, Just you take could. somebody's project and modify it. And mm-hmm. may, I mean, that's what you've done already. But what if it's the next level? Mm-hmm. And what if mm-hmm. that feeds you? And keep the Tesla, by the way. I think you're doing great with the cool. Tesla. That's very cool. Daniel, hopefully we've helped you. We have piles of social media questions. Plus, again, as I said, many of you guys got into social media debates back and forth. And I mean that in a great way, not, not mm-hmm. a bad way. Thank mm-hmm. you for... Honestly, I, I've gotten into a conversation with somebody this past week about YouTube comments... And I want, to, I want to extend this to all of our commenters. Look, I, I've made the joke before that reading YouTube comments is like putting on a hazmat suit and waving, waving, oh, waving in the acid. I mean, it's all bad. But at the same time, I, I have to acknowledge the fact that our commenters on our YouTube videos and then even better into the comments that you guys make about the show is surprisingly civil for the social media world. Yeah. And I'm thankful. I'm glad that that's the case. Absolutely. So thank you guys for enge- engaging with each other as well. Uh, many, many questions. I'm going to start with Derek Miller, <laughs> who asks, <laughs> how's the auto in the Avora 400? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> Derek, I, well, you're, oh, not, no. you're not asking for a friend, and your wife is currently shaking her head, and you're probably trying to cover up the fact you're listening to the podcast. There's that. Uh, the, the, I have not driven the auto in the 400, but I've driven it in the prior. The, they call it the IPS system. Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. I, I will say... For an auto, it's very good. It's not a dual clutch. I'm not saying you need that, but it's not a dual clutch. Mm-hmm. It's not the greatest auto ever. It is worthwhile. I will say that. I really, really like the feel of the manual in the 400. I think it is significantly improved over the feel of the manual in the Evora prior. So I would go with the 400 with the manual because I think, honestly, I think it is the closest Lotus has ever gotten to a good Porsche manual feel mm. in a Lotus product. High praise. That's high and, praise. And that's, that's something that, like, like my Elise, I think has some of the best uh, transmission feel of any Elise I've driven, but it has totally different engine mounts and a bunch of other things that were done to improve the, the shifting feel overall. I think the 400 comes out of the factory with excellent manual transmission feel. I wouldn't say, don't get the car if it has an auto. If you want an auto, you need an auto. It's a solid one, but the manual's better. I agree. Manual's better. I mean, Derek, super quick. That Evora 400 has the build quality that I'm looking for now with the Lotus goodness. I, I love the 400. Yeah, you're a fan. I know you are. It's really a great car. All right. Uh, question from John H. Should I autocross my 2014 Subaru WRX that's still under warranty? <laughs> <laughs> 
or my modified 1993 RX-7 that has better performance but is more likely to have something go wrong. I think if you don't autocross that RX-7, you're going to be unhappy. Take that RX-7 out. Mm, Okay. Yeah, give it some exercise. I absolutely think you should. Yeah. If it sits and you're doing everything, you're commuting and driving and doing everything in your WRX and not driving your RX-7... And not enjoying this three-quarter size car that is brilliant? Yeah, it's it's tiny, yeah. I I think you should. What about what about we just do trade-off? Go every other event, take the other car. I mean, I think you as a driver <laughs> would benefit from that. Honestly, I think you as yeah. a driver oh, would benefit. Absolutely. Because the dynamics of those two cars are going to be so shockingly different. That's a great point. That's Why not rotate point. every other time and you'll get a lot better experience out of it, I think. Yeah, no, great point. So here's one from Paxton on Instagram. He said, so Todd... What's the farthest down the comfort side of the spectrum of sacrifice that I would go? How, how far into sacrifice would I go for a daily car? That's the question he's asking. And it reminds me, I actually shot, I've told you about this before, I shot a piece on the spectrum of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We yes. shot it before the yes. snow came. And we actually had, I had brought a, out a Lotus and a minivan, and I'm discussing the spectrum of sacrifice. And um, yeah, this reminded me of something I realized recently. We shot all that. It was. I had a script for it, so we shot some stuff mm-hmm, that I said mm-hmm. on camera, and then yeah. there's some other stuff that was going to be done as voiceover. And I had a script, and I had it all built out. And then <clears throat> the script, the only copy of it, I realized was on that laptop that got stolen. And everything just, else, so I don't have the script anymore. We, we got keep all the footage. doing that. Yeah, it's all bad. The, we keep, the blue we keep watch that I've worn in many reviews. Yeah, gone. We keep bumping into stuff. Yeah. That, oh, by the way, that's gone. <laughs> so anyway, what? I mean, and I'm not. I'm not belaboring the point. I'm just saying I realized we sh- we shot that piece. Then we went straight into the Corvette film, which I edited like crazy. And then I was editing the TV season. I was coming back around to the spectrum of sacrifice and kind of the list of priorities, and realized, oh, I'm going to have to like edit archaeology. This, if that's not even a term, <laughs> but you know what I mean. We're going to take editorial the archaeology. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. I have to take the footage and figure out what would I have said in the voiceover sections to go under this because I have footage for it. So that'll be interesting. So that piece is coming. But to answer your question, Paxton, how far down the spectrum of sacrifice would I be willing to go? I'm there. <laughs> Honestly, I have a Lotus Elise. So uh, I love it. I love this car. I love it. And I will drive it daily when I can get it off the drive. Right now my driveway is ice, so it's not getting off the driveway. But once I get it off the drive, I will drive it daily as much as I can. I love driving it, but it does require sacrifice all the time. Yeah. When yeah. I drive it more than a few minutes, I put earplugs in. I mean, it's loud and rattly and it gets hot in the summer and I don't care. I love it. <laughs> but but what is the step beyond that, Pax? And honestly, I'm asking you. I think the step beyond that is, uh, well, it's a caterum with no roof. Yeah, here's your helmet. Yeah. For sure. Or like a Morgan three-wheeler and a scarf. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the scarf really... will be red and embroidered. Yes. That, perfect, yes. It'll be red and embroidered. It'll wave in the breeze like my crazy hair. That's really the Love only it. step further. But I actually like having the option of a roof and air conditioning if need be. So that's, I, I think I'm there. Would you wear goggles, do you think? I think in a Morgan three-wheeler you're required. I think you have I to think sign so. something. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I think while you own a Morgan yes. three wheeler, I think you have to at least one time during ownership you are required to go out in a rainstorm. I think it's actually required. Is it? Is that on the I think clause? So. I think there, so. the part of the purchase agreement. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But mm. anyway, yeah. Interesting. All right. Question over here on Facebook from Isaiah G. Why haven't any car companies gone back to pop up headlights that most oh, of us love? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Excellent question. What modern car would you like to see pop up headlights on? Mm, mm. Technology. Technology mm-hmm. is the reason. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to fit large square or large rectangular headlights yeah. onto very sleek, sharp cars like the original point. MR2, the 88 MR2. How do we fit these rectangular headlights on this cool shape? <gasps> Pop-up headlights. Yeah. Sweet. And we won't see them most of the time, and then we'll reveal them when you need them. Yeah. Which I love. I'm, I'm a huge fan of pop-up headlights. There was a concept from 09, I think it was. I want to say 2009. Correct me okay. if I'm wrong. It was from BMW, and it was called the Gina concept. G-I-N-A. Yeah, I remember this. I remember this. This car used fabric draped over an armature, draped or stretched, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it had openings at specific points. The doors did not have shut lines. They were hinged, but the fabric bunched when you opened the door. Yeah. And then the headlights actually were... A slit, and they were divided by two mm. pieces of tubing, two armatures that would actually open and reveal the look to the car. So when the car started, the headlights would open, and the car literally came to life. Yeah, it was it very appeared cool. as if the cat woke up and opened its eyes and mm-hmm. started down the road. And the, the 
area just over the engine. So as if you're opening the hood, that opened up and revealed the engine. Yeah. And then you, you could control this from the cockpit. And how cool was that? They were exploring this 2012 was, or 2009? It was really cool. It was impossible to make, but it was really cool. And it was one of those things where I wondered, at the time when I saw it, I was like, how would you execute that? Because it did make the car look like a living thing. It really did. Just, I mean, some kind of textiles or fabrics, Kevlar mixed with yeah, something yeah, to yeah. make it very durable, long-lasting. Maybe it's a higher-end car, so mm -hmm. it's not an everyday car. Maybe I, I don't know. So it's something along those lines would be very cool. I think Alphas could really benefit from pop-up headlights, but yeah. technology has gotten lighter, sleeker, thinner, and smaller, so mm -hmm. car designers don't need to hide big, clunky technology under pop-up headlights. They've got it already, so that's... That's changed the design of cars, just the lighting technology alone. As had the whole European end cap uh, pedestrian crash rating thing is making yes, the front end of most that. cars into bricks. So we got to worry about that too, yeah. There is that. One last question for me from Matthew I on Facebook. When will cars come with dash cams pre-installed? Oh, okay. This could be, my guess is, it's a sticky legal issue at this point. Mm, because mm. even though the Corvettes and Camaros, the Corvettes specifically that you and I drove with the track cam embedded into sure. the windshield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you stick the cool. SD card in the glove box. Yeah, those are really cool. And then you can control it from the screen. You can turn it on. But it's positioned yeah. as a track cam overlaid with okay. your stats. Okay. You could use it as a dash cam. Yeah. But what about the, the legal sticky issue of dash cams now being a choice that you install in your car? Sure. Versus... Is this cam transmitting information that I don't know about? My car has cameras and Wi-Fi. Who's watching? <laughs> is, is, did somebody hack my cam? It's like my insurance company, That's and they funny. know that I do 120 every Saturday morning on my favorite stretch of road, and I, I don't know. <laughs> 120 Saturdays. That's my thing. Shoot. Yep. I, I'm just, I, I think they're tiptoeing into this world a little bit, even though I think it's a great idea because... This could clear up a lot of problems for insurance companies. It certainly could, yeah. I mean, we've got video evidence. There's no more lying. There's yeah. you know, no more yeah, stories. Yeah. You're right. That guy really was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I think it's a it's going to be a slow thing. But we've got cameras already all over our cars. What about the backup camera totally, already yeah. embedded in your trunk mm -hmm. that could be used as a? It's recording all the time. Yeah. So if somebody rear ends yeah. in, you can. It's recording your speed. It's recording to the you know black box of your car. We already know they yeah. could be purposed for that. But specific dash cams, I think it's just slowly. It's coming. They're kind of here. We've got cameras, parking sensors all over. Reminds me of the really cool camera usage on the Chevy Bolt. Which was great, yeah. The, the, the Chevy Bolt, if you watch our uh, Model 3 Chevy Bolt review... The rearview mirror. Now, most cars rearview mirror. They have a little flip toggle thing that if somebody's got their brights on behind you, you can flip mm -hmm. it and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. When you do that, that flip on the Chevy Bolt, it goes from being a traditional mirror to a video projection, widescreen video projection of a camera on the back hatch. That honestly is a far better. It doesn't look like your backup cameras with the weird warped world. It doesn't look like that. It looks like this fantastic widescreen, no blockage, no seats. It, you have to double take at it and mm -hmm, realize mm -hmm. that's a better view than I get from the mirror because mm -hmm. it's this great widescreen thing on the bumper. I actually love that. And there it is, just mounted on the bolt, and nobody thought <laughs> about it. It's really cool. I love the combination of tech from the you know using this old flip lever yes, yes. combining with this brand new like how cool it's it's giving me the pano of my yeah. rear using the camera yeah you're you're not three That's you're not funny. three layers deep in the nav screen to do it you just go up there and go flip i mean it's very ergonomic we understand <laughs> it and look i've got a better view very cool that reminds me of uh, our friend chance who uh, shoots for the show many of you know him his wife was telling me a story, his wife Mandy, of uh, a friend she knew who found a 3.5-inch floppy disk in the office, in their oh, office, okay. and pulled it out, and somebody else said, hey, cool, you, you 3D printed the save icon. <laughs> I'm groaning no, no. along with all of you, No, too. no, we used to use those. Like, this is... They were the uh, coolest thing for, like, six months. <laughs> Can yeah. you believe that? Yeah, I, I still laugh at that story. Great story. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Write to us with your Topic Tuesdays and your car debates, everydaydrivertv yeah. yeah, at yeah. gmail.com. And also you can find us at everydaydriver.com. That's the website where mm -hmm. you can find all mm -hmm. the updates from us. And the contact button under the About tab in the top right corner is where you can send those as well. Many of you do. Thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, how many episodes do we have left here? We've got two more coming. We've got episodes six and seven of season four coming your way. That's a CUV episode that's actually very cool, shot in Westwood, L.A., and also uh, a crazy Lemons episode. I don't think you're going to believe 
what happened at Lemons. I really don't think you are. <laughs> I'm very excited to share. Then those are coming, of course, to Amazon and Vimeo. We would really welcome and encourage your reviews on Amazon. Uh, you have to review each season individually, just so you know. And you can look if you want to get crazy. You can review individual episodes if you'd like. But I'm just asking it's for cool. seasons. Yeah. So, yeah. but you have to actually dig a little bit and be like, I'm not reviewing season one. I'm reviewing season whatever. But four is coming. Thank you for that. Also, right now, by the way, our podcast is a top five automotive podcast it's right now, huge. due entirely to you guys interacting and sharing. And I cannot thank you enough. I would love for that to continue. We love those ratings and reviews because it keeps the show current and available for others. So thank you for that. Yep, really appreciate it, guys. Thanks again. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.